Hello, my name is Daniel, creator of Zero Waste Daniel, a line of gender-free clothing and accessories all made from upcycled scrap fabrics here in New York City. Hi, I'm Chris DeRosa. I'm a television producer who is responsible for making some of your favorite reality shows. I'd tell you which ones, but I'm not sure if I'm legally allowed. I'm super into sustainability. And I'm trying to be less of a garbage person. We're going to answer your questions, some about creating less waste, and some about taking out the trash in your life, human or otherwise. Then we'll review some products, trends, and services that claim to be saving the planet. Will we give them our stamp of approval? Or will we ultimately come to the conclusion that this is not sustainable? Hello, welcome back. We are here for another episode of This Is Not Sustainable. Hi, Chris. Hi. You, you're cracking yourself up I'm today. I'm literally cracking myself up today because I am delusional. Um, <laughs> and what delusions are you suffering from today? I, too many, I don't even know. Can I just tell you, when I was a young, a wee intern, I used to have to make photocopies of patterns. So I interned for Carolina Herrera making evening gowns. Never heard of her. <laughs> anyway, that's amazing. And it was it was a I it was a wonderful experience. I, lovely people there, so talented. And many of the gowns are fully embellished. You know, you have beads from head to toe, from strap to toe. It's you know just covered it's in not it. just like a it's not just like a little no we, we're not just like yes. putting on like yeah. a belt to yeah. make it yeah, glitter yeah. so you would need a layout for not just the pattern and how to cut the piece but also where every little bead goes mm-hmm. and they would make those by hand but then they would want a record of them so me the intern i would photocopy the entire pattern but a pattern piece for a gown can be like you know six feet long yeah, yeah, and yeah. like a really weird shape. So I would stand at this photocopier, like photocopying every inch of this weird thing. And then I would tape them all back together. And that is an arduous task. So I used to have literal delusions of grandeur while I was doing it because it went on for so long. And I used to sit there and think maybe while I'm doing this, if I do it really well and I line up all the little things the right way, maybe Mrs. Herrera will come over and be like, wow, like I, you're, you're going straight, straight to, the, to top. the top, right? And like, no, who made this wonderful pattern? Would this be a, an amazing designer? I will make him my head designer. Like I, this is what I was thinking about yeah. while I was taping um, patterns together. Meanwhile, so, half the people in the office are like, what the fuck is that kid doing? Over yeah. There? Like get that kid away from the copier. <laughs> He's been there forever. So <laughs> I um, have long suffered from delusions and no they are a great way to pass the time yeah well that's <laughs> that was a great story <laughs> um that sounds really great did you did you end up becoming the head designer of carolina herrera you know i didn't <laughs> the answer is no <laughs> the answer is no um i have kept in touch with a lot of my colleagues from that experience and um, they've all gone on to do amazing things and some of them still are there and have moved up the ranks and have made some really beautiful work so uh, fortunately for them I did not take any of their jobs (laughs) (laughs) and I have been enjoying their Instagram (laughs) from afar (laughs) Um, on that note um Someone, some could say that Carolina Herrera's gowns are a wor- works of art. A hundred percent. We're going to talk about 
a lot of, we're talking to an artist. We're, yeah, our guest today is an artist, a drag artist, um, a performance artist. You may know her from RuPaul's Drag Race or from any of her international appearances. The one and only Crystal Method is going to be joining us in a little while. And I'm excited to talk to her about, like, how do you get into what you do? Like, a lot of our, you know, our questions are kind of tailored to, like, getting into the creative space. Like, how do you think? Because they, on Drag Race especially, like, they have to think up these different looks or here's the theme and this is what it has to be and every single person comes down the runway and it's a different it's completely different it's content overload all, all based off of the same theme prompt yes yeah in theory and like category is that yeah like that th- like how does one person think so this way about it and how does someone else think so this way about it so that's kind of going to be a theme of the episode and and i think we should get it you know i love sustainability that's a big yeah. thing no, for me you don't say <laughs> and so i i'm always interested when i talk to other artists and other creators how they sustain their process what keeps you going how do you keep moving forward because I personally, as a creative, feel very drained sometimes. I feel like I'm supposed to sit here and design something. I'm supposed to make something. I'm supposed to talk or have a feeling or an idea. And I can feel from time to time depleted, like it's a resource. And being able to sustain waking up and doing that as your job every day is a skill. And so I'm always curious how other people are coping with that and what they're tools are you also post like a lot of things on like social media like that's a big part of your marketing for your brand and so like for sure you make all these videos like hi i'm daniel this is what like i'm like oh my god like oh so many of these like and not not in a way that i'm like disgusted by seeing them but i mean like it's like oh this took so much (laughs) (laughs) every piece of social media i've ever put out is disgusting so much time like this is like oh my god he did another video like oh my god like yes i often resent social media because I feel like I would I was sold the idea that you are a designer and then other people are going to market your work yeah but the reality yeah, of, like I'm trying to have a staff right exactly always and the reality of our 2021 world is that you are a content creator first and your skill is very much secondary to how important those videos and and photos are And I have had to really build a relationship with my social media that I feel like is sustainable because for weeks on end, I have just been like, I'm too malaise to make a video today because, you know, you have to be creative just in making the the piece or the work. And then you have to be creative in how you present it. And then you have to be creative in how you caption it. And then you have to be creative in how you share it and tag it. And it's... It's asking a lot from all of us, don't you think? And for not for nothing, but for a f- little fifteen second video that, like, I would like that if I didn't know it was you, like, if it wasn't yours, I would just scroll right. Back. Right, as unless it's got whatever that yeah. zaza thing is that makes people instantly. And even, if it, and even if it does, some people are just flying right there. You know what I mean? And like the other part scro- that I resent about it is that I see so many people being total morons on social media and that seems to be really working for them and i wish that i could dumb myself yeah. down don't you love don't you think i think about it every fucking day i'm like i wish i was a f- an idiot <laughs> i wish i was like so stupid and didn't care about anything and like would literally was just like oh this is fine like daddy like ignorance truly is bliss and i have none of it yeah i am too informed to relax but i <laughs> 
do appreciate, you know, the advantage uh, that knowledge has brought to my life. So I'm, I'm going to stick it out and say I wouldn't want to be an idiot, but I do sometimes longingly look at idiot content and think that must be nice to just be like hot and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Speaking <laughs> of hot and stupid. <laughs> Wait, but actually I'm going to stop you right there. Quote from Christina Aguilera masterclass. I don't know if you've ever seen it. This bag behind you. What is this bag? Uh, this is a tote bag from my 2019 fall collection that was made from upcycled plastic, plastic bags. bags. Yeah. You don't have any more of these um, to be th- purchased? You know, I could make one to order. Okay. Because it's really cute. I, you are a curator of cute things. You have a lot of cute stuff. You always show up with like a cute bag and a cute hat and cute boots. Thank you. That's nice of you to say. Um, but yeah, that's like very on brand for me is to be like have something be made completely out of trash bags. So like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, we'll talk about it later. Anyway. I mean, if you can pry the Telfar off your arm long enough to. to I got that for free. <laughs> you don't have to tell people. You don't have to. You don't have to tell people. I mean, the bag tells people okay. it's Telfar. Um, back to creativity. <laughs> Wait, have you seen Christina Ag- Aguilar's masterclass? I have not. By the way, tell tell me what she says. Um, she is so insane in it. It's so great. We might have to watch it before, her. like once we're done doing this right now, because okay. I have obviously I bought like a Gorgeous. gear subscription for zero reason at all. Um, if there's something if th- again, like I said, like. If there's something that's behind a paywall, like, I'm getting there. I'm getting it. I like that about you. And so I, when I tell you that we watched her masterclass as a joke, and she literally has these three people, these different, like, like young ingenues, like, wanting to, like, be singers. And she's at the piano with this, like, piano player. And they each have come to, like, get wisdom from her. And then they, like, explain, like, she's like, tell me about, like, what you, you know, what are you here for? Like, why do you want to, like, do this? This is Masterclass. This isn't an episode of The Voice? No, it's Masterclass. Got it. It It, You would be surprised that it's not an episode of The Voice. But that's basically. Because I was like, I feel like I've seen her do this. Yes. But she's like, the person's like, oh, like, I'm very, like, Broadway-esque. And, like, I have a very controlled voice, but I want to be grittier in my song. And then the other person is like, I like, I'm like a real gritty, just like, like. What am I trying to say? Like a like a Janis Joplin kind of yeah yeah I don't rock and say roll that, but like you know what I mean like I, I'm real like kind of just rocky and I want to be more controlled and more like mm. like more skilled with my voice more rather power. than just be like like screaming screaming <laughs> yeah, sure. and the one and they're all good singers and the one girl the one girl's like so the one girl starts and she's like the Broadway girl that wants to be like great and she's like I'm gonna sing like Fighter by you Christina and yeah. she literally goes I swear to God okay she goes. When uh, and then Christine Aguilar goes, I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> like, again, does not get two notes out, no. let alone like for a bar. Like, not get when I, I'm gonna stop you right there. So, what you're doing is that you're actually going like when I, and what you should be doing is you'd be like when I, like <laughs> the thing that she does, it's so insane. And the girl sings for two seconds. Again, it's not a breath. It's not one full breath. Right. And then she stops her. And then she has her singing. She maybe gets through like one line of it. And then she's like, all right, again. Like, and it's the craziest thing you've ever seen. And I'm like, how, how dare they put this on masterclass? Right. This is uh, a masterclass in what? Interrupting? And, yeah, yeah. No, literally. <laughs> so also, the other thing is like, she's like, I still do my warm ups on this cassette tape that some guy made for me when I was like 
12. No, stop. I swear to God. I'll, we'll show you too. I love and it's when like, people are and it's, like so rich yes, and so rich. Yeah, and she has to carry on like a boom box that's like a big circular like boom box. Like think <laughs> of like has what a tape you deck think in of. It. Yeah, yes. it has a tape deck in it because like we don't. Because how ones. else do you play a tape? And she plays it and it's like, okay, Christina, we're going to start breathing in. And we're going to stop breathing out. And then he's like, and then we're going to, he's like, now you're going to do, oh, like all the like vocal, like, let me work out my jaw before I start singing things. And it's like so weird. I'm like, why? Why is, why is this important? Why is this singing? what she yeah. does? Yeah. And like, no, you literally have all the money in the world and this is what you do. Right. It's the best thing ever. Uh, I love Required so watching much. for like the, our, Must see for TV. Us. Yeah. yeah. Must see. I actually have been really considering watching some of the master classes. I, I have a password and I'll give it to you. Oh my God. Um, I actually might have like a buddy thing. Like there was something they were doing. They're like, you can have like three weeks free if for like, a, I can like give you a credit or something like that. Yeah, well... But some of them are nice. Yeah. A a couple of them have looked really, really interesting to me. I don't need to become an actor, but I want to watch Natalie Portman teach me. Oh, we watched that one too, some of it. And it was like... And she like... It's like good, but she also was like referencing this movie called Vox Lux that she was in. She's like like doing it as a promo. But but, like no one saw... Like like, talk about Black Swan. Like I don't give a fuck about this movie that no one saw. Like, stop. Can we go off about Black Swan for like two seconds? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh my God, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I love that movie so much. And I watched it by myself in a movie theater and all my friends were like, that's so weird. And then I was like really obsessed with it. And everyone was like, you have problems because you like this movie. And I was like, I actually think- It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Sorry, I like filmmaking. Yeah, excuse my love of cinema and like fine performances. My favorite part of the movie is when she's in the bathroom stall and she cries and she's like, you picked Pick me. I was like, that girl is yeah. acting because yeah. no one's that excited to dance. And no, this is the only thing she has in her life. I know it's really, really beautiful performance. But unpopular opinion, I thought Darren Aronofsky went a little hard on the CGI. Like when Mila Kunis's legs like bend backwards. I know, but that's like the point of it. I know, but it just didn't look realistic. It no, like it's not because it's not. Because it's not. But like she's, if she's becoming a bird. Right. But if she's like delusional about it, it should look like it's really happening. And I was like, this looks like a weird anime sequence. I Okay. No, I, di- I disagree. I mean, if that's what you're picking apart about the movie, then that means it's great. Well, movie. I mean, the movie's like yeah. a 9.8, you know? Yeah. So like those what are my, my favorites. Those are my point two points. You know that like one of the things I quote most in this world is literally at the very end when she goes, no, it's my turn. Like I do that and it sounds like, okay, Jesus. Like, you know what I mean? Literally anytime anyone asks me almost anything about where something is, especially the dog, like where's Kira? I'll be like, she's gone. She's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Great film. Great film. I'm glad we got to talk about that. I thought it would be something funny. I don't know. I, yeah. But you know what? That's actually really on topic for today because it's all about like unsustainable artistry. And that is really what that film is about. And I, I wonder if that's why maybe that resonates. It sure wasn't sustainable. That, I mean, she got through Spoiler the one alert. performance. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It was perfect. And like, is her mom real? Like, I say no. Oh, 100% that woman's real. I don't think her mom's real. Mario has served her at 
No, Isabella's I mean in op- the movie. That is a character that exists on the Upper West Side. He worked in restaurants there forever, no. and those ballet moms are fucking crazy. Women I are really know. like that. I'm aware of that. I'm not part. saying the actor I'm is saying, real. I'm saying I'm that saying woman is based on a real person that exists. I'm saying in the movie, is her mom even really there for any of those? And what I'm saying is yes. I'm saying I think that the mom is a figment of her imagination. I'm not saying because it's implausible that someone acts the way that her mom does. I'm saying because I don't think that that's real. Or do you think like the mom was there, but like 20% of what happened actually happened? Like I think like the mom at the very end is like actually there and is happy for her. But then most of the other thing, it's just her like inner monologue fighting with herself. Also just like, Winona Ryder also, in anything. Also, this is why the movie's great because you it doesn't have all the answers. No, and it's not leaving it like open to be like, what happened? No. Like, no, hey, we know what happened. Guess what? I hate that. Yeah, but we what know what happens. happening. The, the, the bitch dies. Time. Like yeah. we saw her fall to her death, she and she's so herself. happy at the end. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So messed up. Yeah, great movie. It's a great movie. Makes you think, you know? It does. And if you haven't seen it, now you don't need to. Only to be eclipsed by the best movie to ever exist in the entire world. I hope that you have at least seen it. And it is a little movie called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, I thought you were going to say Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. No. (laughs) What is... I mean, I've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but not in a long time. You need to revisit it because it's the best film that's ever existed ever. When's the last time you watched Romeo and Michelle's? Like a year ago. Okay, maybe you need to revisit it. I'm okay. They're two very different movies. Okay. Anyway, I think they're pretty I, similar. I'm just moving on at this point. I think we should drop it. Um, they're not pretty similar at all. And that's not to say that one's better than the other. I just am simply like if you like it's you want okay, to talk quick. about quick. What is your favorite thing about Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon? Everything. The the score, the actual fighting in it, the story of it about actually like how pro feminist it was like back in the day, and it's from China. Are you saying Romy Michelle's isn't pro feminist? No, totally, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Like it's the story. It's every, the whole yeah, movie. I'm it sorry. is everything. It also transports you completely. It is a very. Um, like Watched you have it. to suspend the world while you're watching it. Watch it this year. Like still holds up. Yeah. Great film. Great film. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I want to learn. I want to. And that's, I think, something like getting into like artistry and like how do I create and how to be how to be creative. I feel like there's so many things of like this is how you do it and this is how you do it. And here's the right way. Like so many people want to tell you how to do it that want you to pay them money to tell you how it works. Whereas like, and I feel like there's so many people that are actually searching to like get in that flow and get in, like be able to like have creative ideas and bring them to fruition. And it is very hard. I think, uh, film and food and clothing, it's always really similar, even just fine art. Yeah. All very similar processes, but it's super helpful if you look outside of your genre and, your medium and you try and learn from those other industries. So I look at food a lot when I'm looking to get inspiration for clothing, not in like the colors necessarily or things like that, but the, how, how a chef and a restaurant work is actually more similar to how getting your clothing made is than you would think. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so with film, you know, seeing how each director, each actor, 
each costume designer, like they have these styles that transcend. It doesn't matter what the script is. You can tell it's someone's work. And I always find that really interesting. Yes. Being on a set is just like being in a restaurant. If you're like working in a restaurant, it's the same thing. And also too, if you really want to see what it's like to work on a reality television show, watch the show below deck because it is exactly the same thing. Yes. I am the chief stew. I have all my other producers underneath me that are the other stewardesses. The crew that is driving the boat is like the camera crew. Right. And the sound people and right. the lighting people. The EP is the captain. And the guests and are the, the talent. guests are the talent. It's Period. crazy. Done. End of story. Well, someone who has a very distinct signature style and a really interesting art form, Crystal Method, is going to be with us right after this. We are back for another episode of This Is Not Sustainable with our special guest, Crystal Method. You might know her from RuPaul's Drag Race or any of her amazing international appearances, her TikToks, her Instagram, mostly her iconic face. Hi, Crystal. Hello. I love all that. My TikTok is good. I am an international diva. (laughs) (laughs) You are, and the, and um, we're so excited to have you because I think that there's something we were starting before you came on. We were talking a lot about art, like being an artist and kind of creativity, and obviously, drag queens, in my opinion, are the most creative artists that you could have, and they have everything from makeup to costumes to performance to the way that you stand and the way that you do and what you do to marketing your face and a million everything. Things. It's it's there's a lot of creativity that goes into every single aspect of it. So it's we're really glad to have you to talk about this. The first thing that we ask all of our guests is, where are you in the sense of sustainability? And again, there's no judgment. To preface, there's no judgment and you can be anywhere. Obviously, this one's an expert. I say I'm the resident garbage person. So um, where do you fall? Where do you feel that you fall along that line or what what kind of how do you feel about it? Um, I feel like I'm I try to do my best of being sustainable, but there's so many aspects I feel that I'm not like taking advantage of. Like I, especially like touring, um, I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Like all these drag supplies, like undergarments and stuff that just get so nasty so quick. I'm like, well, now what do I do with this? Um, yeah. Like so do I, I mean, obviously I wash them and use them as long as possible, but there's a point where they're like. Well, eventually it gets to, it doesn't perform the function it needs to perform. Right. Yes. And so there's just lots of like, I hang on to all my fabric and then I don't ever know what to do with it. And then <laughs> I it, guess I just stuff little bean bags with it. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and I think that's really something that you talk about a lot, Daniel, is like you there's a very fine line between being a being a sustainable person and being a hoarder. All the time. And like all the time. exactly what you're saying. Like, oh, there's all I have all this fabric and I want to reuse it, but I literally have no use to reuse. Like there's no reason for me to reuse it. Well, so. and like is being a hoarder sustainable? I don't think so. No. So you, there's definitely a fine line between like saving and reusing and also being like, this is disgusting. We need to throw this out. Well, and also some things, things that are broken, like don't like they're broken. They're, yes. Broken exactly. things You're are under, broken. I'm assuming the undergarments are like tucking things in or they're yeah. pushing things up or there's a function. It's not just, I am wearing a t-shirt, so I have a shirt on. And it's like, if that doesn't like perform its function anymore, then that it doesn't really, it's not worth keeping. No. 
I know. It's just so funny though, because I like keep everything because I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to need to wear that one day. But I'm trying to make, I've been trying really hard to get rid of some drag because I have new drag coming in. It's probably overflowing. Closet. And And when you get rid of drag, what does that look like? How do you, is it like a, you know, like a rummage sale donation? I'm giving it to my girlfriends. Like, where does it, yeah, where does kind drag of a go? mix. I'll give it to my drag friends. My my parents love to have garage sales, mm. so I just give it to them and let them keep whatever they sell it for. Wait, that's so funny. That is really fun, though. They just yeah. they just have a garage sale and they just like have old gowns, like just like or whatever, like costumes, just like yeah. On a, they so go. To, they love going to garage sales like so much that they have a storage shed in the backyard to hold all the things they're going to sell at their next garage sale. I love it. That's so cute. Yeah. I love garage <laughs> See, and, and I have said this many times, but I think for people who are not interested in sustainability, maybe they're interested in money. And there's a lot of money to be made off of trash. So I am, I'm loving this idea that like things you want to get rid of ultimately can turn into something. Well, because garage sale is sustainable, correct? Totally. In theory. Because yeah. you're selling something that you would throw in the garbage otherwise. That's, I, I think, the whole point, right? Yeah. Super sustainable. <laughs> we love garage sales here. Yeah, I'm asking you. You're the uh, you're the expert. I'm okay. saying I'm, yes. <laughs> garage sales are sustainable. Yeah. That's so funny. I'm, like, picturing <laughs> just, like, your, like, parents with just, like, a whole, like, rolling rack of just, like, old old costumes that are, like, like so creative and you, everything you wear is so colorful and you have such like beautiful things that it's just like, Oh, here's like some old dishes we didn't want. And then like these beautiful like gowns. And, like, like, you well, I don't get rid of all my good stuff. Okay. Got it. You got know? it got some it. of it is just like strange onesies and understood. I don't even know. Oh my, and my mom buys me a lot of prom dresses that I then give back to her. And she sells at the garage sales. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, one of the things we were talking about today that I am really curious to know more about you and your process is sort of how you go about sustaining your epic level of creativity. That is like something that seems to be an endless well, but I'm sure you are an actual human under there. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm just full of sickening looks and ideas. <laughs> um I don't know. I feel like in during the pandemic, I didn't have like any new garments or anything made at all. I was because everything was from the waist up. And so I had plenty of just like random things that I could throw together something. And I hate wearing the same thing twice. So it was like kind of fun. But when things started opening up again, I realized I didn't have anything like to go and take and perform that would have multiple lives in it. Mm. Um, so I've been trying to catch up in that aspect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I've just got off from touring for like almost a month straight. And what I miss about like drag just from home is that I can spend three hours getting ready, Mm -hmm. playing with like what I'm going to do. Whereas on tour, sometimes you're so rushed like I'm thankful I have a signature face, but sometimes while I'm painting it on, I'm like sad that it's the exact same as it was the day before. Mm-hmm. When there isn't the the creativity's not there anymore because it's like your signature face that's kind of like your default, right? Like you're, right. you're doing your quick face. Yes. 
Yeah. So I think for me, it's like, sometimes I like to just go totally crazy to kind of like reset my interests. Um, and especially like if you do something that like doesn't look good, then you're like, okay, well now I know, now I remember why I do what I yeah. do. <laughs> That's really interesting. It's almost like the opposite. Like, I feel like I'm someone who struggles with burnout. Like I just, am too many ideas, too many things all the time. And I've never really looked at it the other way of, you know, I'm, it's like time to make the donuts, but like, actually what I want to do is like make new recipes, you know? Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's a nice way to look at things. Um, another thing that we love to do here is get some good audience questions. And I think people want to know more than we realize they want to know. So we have a couple of questions for you that people have written in. Wow. And, are they really personal? Um, they're more vague. So you, you oh, don't fine. have to be, um, too candid you can just go off on what you think other people should do and pontificate endlessly on how people should live their lives so um, <laughs> and we will also chime in even though we have no reason to right because all. we're not experts <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just want to make that really clear we know we're not experts and we're giving our personal hot takes so I'm here to STB and that's called shoot the motherfucking breeze that's right that's <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you want me to want me to read the question? Yeah, I would love if you okay. would. Okay, so Crystal, um, we might have leaked a little bit that you were coming on, so someone actually wrote Crystal in their in their question. Um, what advice does Crystal have for facing judgment and critique? I want to do more art, but I'm scared to see what people say about it. Um, one of my favorite classes I had was my Art 101 class because our teacher was just really chill about the whole critique process and I've always been like really kind of uncomfortable to comment on other people's work or like mm -hmm. try and make it sound smart or meaningful um and so the way that he would always format things were like the, he would give you a set of rules but they would always be kind of loose so that way um you could kind of wander away but as long as you still completed the goals of the assignment you could do whatever you wanted and so I enjoyed that because I like to like push how far you can be following the rules, mm -hmm. but, but like still being different. So well, it gives I would you... just think of it like that and, and critique. I mean, it's, you can't really, I don't even know. It's like a critique is a critique and you can take it if you like it or, or if you don't. I mean, are you a person who reads the comments? Do you care? Um, I personally don't read the comments. Mm. Um, girl after because... my own heart. Is it hard? I feel like it's hard. I, I, Not I that I fucking know because I have zero shit. followers. I don't have time but, to read the comments. But like, I feel like it would be hard to. Yeah, but you guys have like a lot of followers. Like the average person. Does Crystal has a lot of followers. Yes. That's a lot of comments. I enjoy. Like I read through. Like I do. I try and read through some. Um, but it's like it's almost like no matter how many nice comments you see and read, it's like okay, yeah, whatever. But when you read that one, that one comment that is just rude in a way that like really hits you, you're like, it's all you think about all day. Yeah. So I prefer to just not know what people's opinion of my stuff is because if you like it, that's fine, and if you don't, that's cool. It's. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not going to stop you from doing it because I don't so. want to. I don't want to let other people's opinions like change how I like doing what I do. I love that. And I think that's great advice. This person should not even care what other people think. They should just make it. But their work. criticism is also like, I don't critique is 
you know, helpful. Like that's why it's important to have like a close drag family network. So that way, you know, they can actually understand who you are, what your point of view is and like tell you when you're not, you know, being consistent. Or like being like, you want that person that you trust to be like, what do you think of this? And they're like, honestly, like, that's not great. Don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like you kind of want, like you always want to be able to have someone that can be honest with you. I mean, I love, and they're not like you, you suck. Like you should never do this. They're just like, no, you could do better. I love that whole idea of like, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Like I always want to get advice or critique from someone who I think does it better. So, you know, there are only so many people in my life whose opinion I will care about. Yeah, really care it. about otherwise i'm like oh thank you so much for sharing yeah, <laughs> yeah um exactly. but isn't but also too it's like the, i think something that we think about a lot or that we put a lot of emphasis on is like if you're gonna make art it needs to be like amazing and it's like no the whole process of creating something is like they call it the creative process for a reason because you go through the process and you learn from doing it not from the thing once you're like if you're like writing a book or like if you're going on a television show or you're producing a television show, you're like, or you're creating a line, like at the end of the, the thing, you're like, I hate this. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near this. Anymore. Like, right, correct. It's like, you're over, you, you're past it at that point. You know what I mean? Like you've done it. Like you're done with it being a thing. Yeah. Sometimes. For you sure. know what I mean? And you're like, all right, I'm moving on. Like I, I went through what I needed to go through by creating this and now it's yours. Like yes. goodbye, fly free little thing. Well, and you know, I feel like, the creative process is sort of like working out. Like if you're doing it right, it doesn't necessarily get easier. It just gets I, better. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. It's definitely a workout sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You're work I mean, it's like the creativity part of you is like a, like a muscle, you know? Do you have, yeah. what is, can you tell us a little bit about your creative process? Like, does it start with the makeup or ideas? Well, that's or? funny because that's the second question. Oh my can God, read stop. Yeah, please read it. <laughs> anything else to say about like critiques or anything before we move on? Um, I think it's also, I mean, I think it's also important to hear critiques and like not take them personally. Yeah. Like there are, it is important to understand how other people view, you know, your stuff. Yeah. Do you without being like devastated by the fact that yeah. someone doesn't like you? Yeah, that's I think that is important as well. I think you're right. Do you like ever critique other people? Um, openly? I mean, I could to, to their face, my close drag to sisters, <laughs> but those are the only people I feel like I'm like create have that creative relationship mm -hmm. with. Yeah, um, otherwise, no, I don't. I don't think I normally do unless someone were to ask me, which no one ever has. Um, well, I'm and even then, I think I would it. be able with I would just be too nice. Um, speaking of something really creative, and we talked about this before, and I think you two talked about this before, but the, when you did the Nelly Furtado, um, I am like a bird performance, I thought it was one of the most interesting and strange things I've ever seen in my life, and I loved it so much because it was so like different and like out of the box, and really was something that you were like pushing the here's like a pretty drag queen thing happening. I'm actually going to do this performance and I'm dressed up as a mother bird. Um, it was incredible. Is it something like, I think about it all the time. I did what you do. I do. Is I've it, told you this before. It's like really hit me. Is that something, reset. do yeah. you feel like that was like, did you get a lot of critiques about that because it was so different or like, and are you glad? I almost want, I, if I were like, if I had to go into your brain, I want to say that you, that it did happen and you were glad that you did it. But what do you, what is the real yeah. answer? I mean, I'm so, 
it was so strange at the time filming the finale from home. Yeah. But I feel like that format really played to my strengths. Strengths. Um, and so I just tried to do some things that I knew you couldn't do on a stage. I knew that I wanted to just like use some of the like arts and crafts supplies I already had at home. Um, Cause it was so hard to get materials yeah. and I hadn't like been traveling at all. I didn't really have any networks with designers and stuff at that point. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't even know how I came up with it. It was just, I wanted to involve puppetry and love, I don't, I, love a puppet. I don't even, I can't even explain the process but um, i think that's important for people to hear because i think we sometimes assume that everything should be super planned out super prepared and the reality is that something that resonates so much with so many different types of people was just what you were feeling and just what you made and that's okay yeah and that's something i really um enjoy about drag is sometimes like a number that you go see on a tuesday night that's only ever done one time and it's like really like of the moment, like it's about something happening in culture right then. So it's like, there's just a small group of people having this really specific mm -hmm. um, experience. That's like what I love most about drag. So I was like, I was very, um, waited till the like procrastinated. I waited till the last moment for that. Cause I knew my idea and I was like, yeah, I can do it. It'll just happen. Um, and then I had to like, Make it, make it happen <laughs> to make it actually happen because i was just so confident in that it was going to manifest well i'm so <laughs> glad that you did everything exactly the way that you did so that i could watch it on repeat because i just love it <laughs> thank you it yeah was, it was uh, so funny. iconic yeah yeah it really was um, so, but that, that being said, the second question that we have for you would, uh, would love to know how you get into an art ritual or practice or how do you fall into a flow? That's a deep, like, question. do you do that? Does that, does that, like, do you ever get into like, a, you know, a creative flow and like, do you have a process to do that? Um, I do. I think my process is just like setting time aside for myself and not really, having a plan, sometimes I'll just play something in the background music, a show. Um, and I think I do, I just kind of like sketch stuff out in a book mm. and the, they can be very like vague and like not in detailed. Sometimes I'll even just draw a silhouette and then I'll just like write the words of what I'm meaning or if I'm watching a movie and I just sit, I'll just like put white hat from whatever and that like movie, it's yeah. just a stick figure drawing but I'm like I understand like in my mind I can see what you know what you, you mean know, get what character I'm doing yeah, yeah so like in my notes it's like sometimes they're not very visual it's just like all words um yeah I don't know but that's kind of how I go and then I just keep I'll like flip through my pages and maybe like combine ideas um and then at that point, I'm just like doodling. Well, it's interesting that you even say like, I'm, I, you even make it vague because it's like the first thing I would think is like, okay, how am I actually going to make this? Like, what are the actual practical steps to do to make this? And it's like, that's not the point of it. The point is it to like have an idea and kind of like the smatterings of like what it would be and then like leave that open to your own interpretation later. Right? Rather oh, than yeah. Like, this I, have, has to I, be like I feel like I have a today. really loose. Yeah. 
yeah, a loose concept silhouette idea. Cause I feel like even in the creating process as it's happening, like things change, there's things so many shift, things that can happen yeah. where it's like, Oh, well you just go with it. Oh, it's just the fabric's easier this way. Right? Yeah. This and was then, a happy accident, but you, yeah, you like to have a jumping off to be point. Like that. I think another thing important thing yeah. that you said was, was, uh, setting aside time for yourself. Cause I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't, they're like, Oh, I want to be creative, but like, I don't, but like you have to give yourself the time to actually like sit with yourself and like be creative. Not like I got a, an idea in the shower while I was getting ready before I went to my job to then do this, to then go to blah, blah, blah. And then like, I didn't have any time to like actually like ideate on the job. Yeah, I've been trying to do it more because that's how I, I I have a lot of ideas throughout the day and I've been, I try to carry around a little book Mm -hmm. so I can just write it down. Mm. But I think, yeah, recently I've been trying to sit down and like sketch and stuff because otherwise they just go as come like as quick as they came. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing something similar where I was like putting aside 30 minutes in the morning or an hour in the morning to just be by myself and like not have any schedule or what I needed to do and like either to read a book or to like write something or to like draw or to just like literally like listen to a podcast or like listen watch tv and just like zone out and like just have time to myself and like that was really I got a lot done in that thing and a lot of made a lot of ideas and I thought of a lot of things and like usually right after that would be like our phone call that we would have our every Wednesday morning phone call very centered and I would be like I was just thinking about this and blah 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 and like it was it's (laughs) it actually really helps to like have that time carved out where you are quote unquote busy doing nothing. Yes. Rather than like, I'm procrastinating. So I'm going to be on my phone or I'm going to do this. Like you actually have scheduled yourself to have that time to yourself, which is something that I don't think our generation was raised to, to appreciate. Correct. Correct. I feel like the more you do it, the more fun you have doing it. And so then you like, it's been easier for me to do just because I don't have a lot of me time now. So I'm like, yeah. ah, yes, I get to just sit here and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And having fun is really important because I feel like it comes across to the viewers and the audience and everyone involved. So if you aren't having fun, then your work comes out like angry or annoyed or stressed out. Like it just, it, it shows. Yeah. And if it's like forced or like, oh, this is like on paper a good idea, so I'm going to like do it, where it's right. like versus, again, I, I don't know I'm, why I want to bring this up again, but Crystal said like, I just have like the, I, like the, like the overall idea of something, not like what, how would I actually execute this idea? It's just like the idea of a costume or an idea, or I wrote the words that I like want to associate with this look. Like, I don't know what the actual fabric of this look is. I just have like an idea of what I want it to be. And that's enough. This is something that we learned about in design school was like there's design time and then construction time and they're two totally different things. And part of the reason that a garment costs what it costs is that you have to pay someone to sit there and think of what to make. And that's a big part of it. A big part of it. And that is, you know, whether you make one or a million of them, that time is the most important part. So do you do you let yourself make things during your time if you feel like it? Or is it like a, this is just me time? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Sometimes my time will be sewing a costume, stoning something, uh, making a pair of gloves, 
I like to sometimes I, I like to just keep my hands busy. Mm. So even if I'm not writing, I'm doing something with my hands. And that usually I feel like doing like the making of it also gets you work like thinking in a totally different mm-hmm. way. Um so it's still like all the same. You heard it here first. You heard idle hands. Listen, idle hands, idle hands. That's the devil's <laughs> playground. Um, well, we have one more audience question that I think is a really good one for you. And I'm so curious to hear about this because I feel like you really come alive on stage and in front of the camera and you seem so at peace and at home there. And I don't know, Chris, why don't you take it away? How do you project confidence while still getting the audience to like you? Um, I don't really know. He's like, I don't. (laughs) Well, I thought this was Um, an interesting question because who doesn't like confidence? I think confidence is so sexy. Yeah, I feel like confidence is a, like a decision that you make. Um, And so there's definitely times where I may be not confident, but if I'm in drag and I'm working, like I would have to become like, it's just, and I don't know, it's, it's easy when you're in drag. Um, do you have something that you say to yourself or is there anything that you, I mean, I guess like the trends, the thing that you do is you get into drag and that's what makes you more confident or is it like, yeah, it's been strange recently because I was traveling in the UK and everywhere I would go, I would get recognized like in restaurants on the street, like out of drag. And people would tell me, you know, you make, you make me comfortable being who I am, Aww. which I've always like loved because I had an mm. art teacher that like taught that to me. So it feels cool to like be that for someone else. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then at the same time, it's strange because I feel like I don't even know what I'm doing. So it's like, don't look up to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like, I guess being confident, I've just been trying to just stay true to my self I guess people just on TV I just did I had no goal or anything you know I tried not to act like anything other than how I would yeah um, and I think that's why people like me <laughs> it's because I don't pretend well, I just you weren't trying to be something else you weren't trying to do this you weren't trying to do that you were just doing good at being yourself yeah which I think is yeah. a big part of the you know drag race competition um but yeah, for confidence, that's what I would like. I remember, I think it was, and we were learning some kind of dance routine and I was just like, I'm good at this. I'm going to be like, I'm really good. I'm, you just keep saying it over and over again and eventually it will manifest. I, I love that. I think that I, I'm someone who always gets mistaken for confident. People tell me, well, you just seem really confident. You seem really sure of yourself. And I feel very insecure in my mind. Like I am always do you really? Because I really time. feel, I swear to God, like I'm dead serious. I really do feel like you're very confident. Thank you so much. I take <laughs> Like when you said that, like I was like, yeah, you, yes, correct. Because I feel that way about you a lot. But I'm thinking and second guessing everything constantly. Oh. Like that is what's my inner monologue and I can't shut it off. And I, I don't know where the confident appearance comes from but I do think you know like taking an improv class learning some performance skills practicing being on camera whatever it is getting outside of that comfort zone just so you can think on your feet you know I think a big part of it is like 
we don't love people because they're perfect. We love them because they're, they're themselves. And so, you know, even if you know you're going to tank a dance routine or a talk or a joke or whatever the thing is, my line is like really cheesy this season, like whatever is going on. If you just get behind yourself and, and be yourself, it's more attractive to people. I don't know. I'm struck by this, that you're like so insecure on the inside. Oh yeah. You want to talk about it more? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's like true for so many people. So it's like, you can like, that's why people connect is because they're like, oh, well they're like me. I, th right. I think there's also something for like, especially both of you that have something that's very front facing that like has your name on it and your face on it that there's this need to like outdo yourself every time and get do better and do better and do better. But like, that doesn't actually serve anything because like eventually you hit a ceiling and you're never going to, you know what I mean? Like the most A-list celebrity actors, performers like hit a ceiling at some point. I know. And now can. Nicole Kidman is doing nine perfect strangers. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was concerned about that more like right when the show was airing and I was like, Oh my gosh, so many people are looking at me. And I have to like. I literally thought you meant Nine Perfect Strangers. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like my I know, drag race. Um, and so I was like really nervous of like, oh my god, what do I even post online? Yeah. What are, what are people gonna think? And now that it's been a while, and I mean, I still you know have followers and attention, but it's much less, and it feels much more manageable. Um, so and now I feel more comfortable just like sharing makeup posts even if i'm not like fully in love with it mm. and does it feel more you know? real like the followers are more real and not just because you're on tv at that moment um is that a really loaded question to ask you <laughs> you um, can you can plead the fifth if you don't want to answer i don't know um i think there's just a lot more like i've been able to like network with so many other people so there are like lots of people that will comment or give me like messages of what they think mm -hmm. that I actually look forward to hearing and seeing cool yeah versus so. like random people right. that are just like you suck and you're like okay yeah cool. like thank you okay here's something I want to know because everyone has their own reality experiences did you find tons of people giving you advice as though the competition was happening in real time Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved that. I thought that was such a phenomenon. Was yours not live? No. And people were like, it's okay. You'll do better next week. I'm like, this shit's been bought and sold. Yeah, like, you're like, this is not <laughs> like, no one, this happened six months ago. What are you talking about? But yours, I will say. They trick you. Seems like it would be a live show. Like, how, even, how would it be a live show? We're going to buy it and it's on sale right now. Oh, I guess you're right. It was like the premise. I guess <laughs> indicates like the that there's months of production. Yeah, I guess you're it right. was to me. It was insane. I don't know, but I mean, even no, with, you're right. With I, the shows that you've also, done, like you've I, done a lot of competition shows. I have, and people think they're happening live. Do they? But I guess again, I'm not in front of the camera, so I don't. No one's messaging me, being like, "You'll do better next time." <laughs> no, what I mean, but do you know what I mean? It's like I've never had that experience. I guess like. But I guess no, they yeah. usually wait until the end of the season. That's right? weird. Yeah, no, please. People are like, "Why did you do this?" I'm like, "I didn't do shit." Like, write someone out. Write Andy Cohen about this, right. not me. I'm not your problem. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, that's weird. 
I, th I think it's a really strange phenomenon. I think, you know, talking about like so many people finding about finding out about you right away and then following you right away and then, you know, feeling all this pressure to perform for them, you know, outdo yourself, all of those things. And then to realize that they're so disconnected from what's going on in the world that they think that you are like living inside their, their television, television. <laughs> and you're going to do better for them the next time they turn on their TV. Were it's you, very strange. Was your season a season where people found out who the, the contestants were before the show aired? Like, I feel like now it's like everyone, like I just like see on my like explore page or like people posting or like, Oh, this person's on the next season or that like, they're always leaking. It's it. like leaked. Like, were you a leaked person or were you, did people find out about you when the show aired? Um, I'm pretty sure that it was like our cast was on Reddit, like, well, like a week after we got there or something. Yeah. And so it, was, you were like, it was like pretty cool. It was pretty accurate. I was on it. I was surprised because I had like less than 4,000, maybe even. I mean, not, and that's not to say like how many followers you have, blah, blah, but like, but like being someone like of yeah, random. Yeah, I just wasn't like a well-known. Random, you know what I mean? You no, were those, just like a, 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 a private Those calls are citizen. coming from inside the building. There's an intern somewhere who's yeah. like, I will take the check oh, and no tell you. People do not care. Yeah. People do not care. They but it care. was funny because a lot of my pictures, like it was, they had my name, but a lot of the pictures they used like were not me. Oh, weird. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Do you See, knew, did you know who the person in the pictures was? Um, I knew one of them. One of them is my friend. And <laughs> I guess we've but, taken pictures together. So I Google, guess somehow they found If they right. Google the name, right. then it's like, then the thing is like. Right, because there's a designer named Daniel Silverstein. And if you Google me, he comes up a lot. Fun there's fact. There's a drummer. There's a drummer named Fine. Chris DeRosa. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, and I have just a very common name, but but that being said, like in the if you Google the if you Google the picture underneath it, it might say like your name, and then and then be like, oh, that must be it, without right. knowing who you are. But now people know because yeah. your face is fucking iconic. <laughs> I was at drag. I was at this event called Drag Fest, um, and after I had done all my stuff, I took my makeup off and I went to just see the rest of the main stage show. And for some reason in my head, I was like, oh, my makeup is off. Like, no one's going to recognize me. And of course, people did because, like, I'm not in drag for most of, like, all the confessionals. Yeah, the interviews, right. your uh, interviews yeah. are all, which I think is so <laughs> important that they, that you're not in drag in the interviews. I think that's such a good touch that, that, that you see your real face outside. Yeah. I think it, it, what it does more than anything is it speaks to the level of artistry that everyone has yeah, to correct. be able That's what I'm saying. to create that face. So, so impressive. We have a couple of speed round questions that we ask everyone who comes on the show. But before we oh, get man. to that, is there anything else about the creative process or how you sustain yourself that you want to tell us about or share with us? Anything exciting you're working on you want to tell us about? Anything exciting I'm working on? Um, I don't really... No, my process is so chaotic and I have like a million ideas at once and then I start something and then put it away and don't touch it for weeks. Um, yeah, so but that's even good. To, that's you. good to hear though, yeah. of being like, I do something, I kind of play around with it and then I kind of just like let it go and I don't follow up with it until I like, am like, I'm assuming you then get like inspired again to continue to do it. Right. And yeah. It's like, that's even nice to hear because like how many times have all of us like been like, Oh my God, I want to do this. I'm going to figure it all of it out. And then it's like, you kind of run out of steam and then you're like, all right, well like I need to like take a break. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's very, 
that's very um, comforting to yes. hear. I, I have a friend who always like every weekend before a show, it's like they decided to make a brand new outfit the day before. And it's like the process of trying to create a whole look like the night before a show is so chaotic and it never like, so, you know, you can finish it, but it isn't ever to the point where you're like, this really is like perfect. You always yeah, have like, to make yeah. like adjustments. Cut corners. You're cutting, yeah. yeah, you're cutting corners somewhere. So I, yeah, I'm fine to just like take a step back, like rethink how I want to. And it seems like it. then debut things when they're ready, not like because you have to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you find that any of those like started? you know, mid projects, sometimes you get a call for a show or a brief for a project and you're like, oh, I actually have something already in the works that I can pull from. Yes. All the time. See, yeah, I think probably, that's I mean, great that's too. Cool. Yeah. I think people should realize that it's okay to like start something and put it on pause and then wait for the opportunity instead of being like, I need to finish this and put it on Instagram. Yeah. I need a deadline. Otherwise, it, nothing will get done. <laughs> so I, I prefer to have like some kind of um, boss figure telling me like, you should do this this week and like, give me a task sheet, um, which is hard because I don't have that. And I'm a pretty lax boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's also hard to be your own boss. Yeah. Yeah. But even like give yourself a deadline, I think is one thing you could, you could, you could take from this. It's like, even if you have to be your own boss, like give yourself a deadline to be like, I'm going to show my friend this at this time. Yeah. I mean, we just did that, right? We, we have another project we're working on and I was like, this is the day I'm going to have this by. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm never going to do it. So I can relate. Yeah. Well, we're always excited to see what you're going to do next because we never know what it's going to be. Me either. <laughs> Which is why we're all following. That's good, though. I mean, that's very, like, that's comforting, yeah. truly. It really is comforting. I find, Crystal, overall, you're a very comforting person. Aw, thanks. <laughs> uh, so are you ready for a speed round? I am. Let's go. What's one of the things that you've owned the longest? Something I've owned the longest... Um, ah, I don't even know. Um, I'm thinking of like maybe something from your childhood or like something you oh, wear a lot. Um, my, yeah, my baby pillow. My Aww. grandma made me a pillow and I still have it. That's very sweet and sentimental. What's something you use? I used to not be able to sleep with it up till I was like 13 or 14. It was kind of really, and you still have it. Oh, I still have it. Yeah. That's really cute. I, yeah, I think like it, it can be embarrassing when you're like a tween, but like now it's cute. No, now it's like cute. Um, all right, next question. <laughs> We've decided. We've all decided. Right. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to say that. That is sustainable. You can keep yep, it. Yep, great. Uh, <laughs> what's something you use often that you wish was made with better quality? Something I use often. Oh, maybe like all my makeup brushes. Great. Yeah. Great answer. Um, what's mo one modern convenience that you cannot live without? Um, air conditioning. Mm, good answer. That's a great answer. I think that might be mine as well. What do you find yourself always spending money on? Uh, ostrich feathers. Yes. <laughs> that is a niche drag queen problem. Yeah. Ostrich feathers, anyone? Um, what is your least sustainable habit? We're almost done. 
my least sustainable habit is drinking La Croix. Okay. <laughs> so much of it. <laughs> what is your most sustainable habit? Upcycling old clothes into iconic looks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> well, Crystal, thank you so much for being with us. Seriously, this has been so great. And it's, it's, it's reassuring to hear that even the most brilliant artistic minds, they, you know, do what they can do and they leave it and they let it go and they walk away and they come back later. And um, you're more sustainable than you think you are also, yeah. which I think is becoming a trend on the show. But there's, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of common themes that we've seen amongst our guests. And I think one of them is that everyone says to be authentic and you're so good at that. You're just such an inspiring beacon of authenticity in the creative world. And I think another one is to trust, you know, your instincts and your process. And I really appreciate you sharing so much of that with us today. Of course. It was really nice to talk creative process. I don't really do that often. And of course I look up to you so much. Aw. Stop. I'm you're so insecure. You're so insecure. Literally I learned this the other day. We just talked about it. I take the compliment. Thank you. Yeah, you just say thank you. Um, I miss you and can't wait to finish this dress that I'm working on for you and I'll send it to you soon. We are back to review another product. Yeah, we are. This week, what do we have? Okay, you really like have been pushing these a lot of you you wanting to review these and so I'm excited to do this. Well, I've never used them and I see them all over social media and I'm like, is this good? I... I feel like I have a need for this in my life, but I also feel like I'm good at being creative. So these are silicone bowl covers. Um, they come in a set, and I believe it was $16 for the set. And this Oh, that's is, a great price. I thought it was a good price. Um, and they're by me, Mother Earth. Now, this has the potential to really be like, I'm pretending that this is... Like the packaging alone is just very like, this is very sustainable. Look at me, look at me. So that makes right. me, I'm nervous. Right. Um, well, it claims that they are eco-friendly, six different sizes in this little Love that. Little thing. Love, love you know, options. Now that I'm seeing that, maybe it was $24. Okay. But also still kind of a good no, price. No, still fine. Six, six of them for $25 is great. Um, food grade silicone, which is important. Um, one of the reasons that silicone is so revered in the sustainability community is because it is essentially something that will biodegrade back to sand and it is oh is that true i I mean i don't really know because i'm not a scientist but from everything i understand it is made of natural materials and essentially biodegradable it's also something that is bacteria resistant like it's not a good surface for bacteria to grow on so it's pretty good right for a lot of reusables like like, people are like oh well just take my plastic things and reuse them and that's not great because plastic is so porous yeah so things get into it and then it gets gross and it can have like all kinds of bacteria growing in it silicone doesn't share that property um this also is bpa free which is something that we want you know bpa is a chemical that gets added to a lot of different like sculpted plastics 
uh, and durable and stretchy dishwasher safe. Which very we important. Love. Very important. And then fits multiple size bowls. Um, I brought us some jars, some bowls, bowls with lips, bowls with pour spouts. So we're going to try different things. Bowls, bowls, bowls. Okay. Um, and then uh, it also says, as a husband and wife team from Las Vegas, oh, we have grown. <laughs> uh, you don't get to pick where you're from. We have grown to notice that we are living a pl- in a plastic world. So we created eco-friendly products that are high quality, convenient, and come in plastic-free packaging to make sustainable lifestyle swaps easy. Better yet, 10% of our profits support ocean conservation, so your purchase makes an impact. Small steps matter. Let's hashtag stop plastic and help our Mother Earth. Follow along on our journey, Instagram at me.motherearth. All right, I like this. Okay. Um, does it say where they were made? Because I always want to know. Manufactured in Las Vegas. Domestic. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, so I like the packaging. Um, so far, so good. There is. It's just paper. It's just paper. It's just a paper box. That's all we've got. It's a paper box, um, and they came all kind of rolled up like this. Lots of different sizes. Okay, love, love. Already enjoying them. Are you? Okay, good. Okay, I am. Oh, look at this little mini one. Right, the mini one. I feel like could go on top of like a mason jar. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. Oh God. Okay. okay. Wow, we're really like you do. Go ahead. No, you know, right. you go. Okay, so this is really, this is the test, and I'm not going to do this anywhere near your recording equipment, but, like, how much do we think we do can it turn over this here. upside do it, down? Do it that way. Don't do it, like, on yourself. Ooh. Okay, no water is coming out. He has it completely upside down. And it's full. Like, and it is full, full of, water. of water. Like, Wow, I'm kind of impressed. Okay, that was really great. I'm really turning around on this. Okay. Okay, wait, you try the one with the pour spout and see if you can, like, successfully. Wait, what? See this this big mixing oh, bowl. Oh, this has big a like spout. it's like a big Pyrex like mixing bowl that you would like. Yeah, here. Almost that you would put on over like a. It's it's like a like, like a mixing. Yeah, like big, that you'd put under like a. No, this one's this, it needs too to be, big. You want a smaller size? One. Okay. Oh this well, is, that's good to know. They're actually like stretchier than they seem. Okay, this is like a mixing bowl that you'd like mix brownie batter in like pancakes. Yeah, and then like you would like pour, pour them out. And oh, I I wanted to know like will. Fuck. Will something with a pour spout work, or can you only? Okay, do this like is like so things? hard. Okay, they have the one thing I will say that's good is that they have these little like things all over them, like, like the little tabs, to, so you can stretch them, which I enjoy. Okay, but but we're feeling a little like big one was too big. No, was, this is okay. No, this is no, a this good works. Fit. This is good. It's not leak proof because like because of the spout. spout, but like that's that's conserving my tight. my batter for sure. Ooh, oh, and, and it can be an instrument. Oh, my God. How fun. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm yeah. sorry. That no, it's fun for your child. I was just going to say, like, entertain the kids it could while be you're a making toy. dinner or breakfast or whatever. This okay, is fun. So that worked. This that definitely really well. works. Um, here, let's do this bowl because this bowl has like a, like lip, a, on like the, a lip around yeah. the edge. Okay, here. I feel a like this lipper. one would be a good okay, size here, I'll hold that. it. Oh, no, 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 no. We need to go up one. I will, I will say something that I'm, like, I don't know if I love it, is that they kind of stick to each other. Yeah. 
and that might be because they're just came they're brand package. new and it also like it might be good because when you're storing them you can kind of like stick them i mean together. look at that it looks wow. fits perfectly and it's cute i'm gonna use these all the time i am actually. too and i was hating on them earlier i know you were like why do you want to do those yeah i was like you really want to do this but this this but like look no and i think okay so let's think about it from packaging we enjoy yeah the price not that bad no for the fact that like reusable forever in theory you're using these for a long time and there let's be clear like you're supposed to be replacing like tinfoil saran wrap cling wrap like that's yeah, like, what this is yeah for. like cling wrap tinfoil so if you think like you're spending four dollars five dollars on a roll of cling wrap yeah. and you're just going to throw it away like after what four of those it's like this is paying for this itself is, exactly and it's and it also like looks nicer Oh, yeah. So and cheap. I bet it like does, as we've seen with the jar, it does actually make a really good seal. I also feel so like, like it's way better than you doing cling wrap and thinking that it's like really super like I, wrapped up and it's not. I also feel like if you pull one of the tabs and press your hand on top, <gasps> yeah, yeah, you can make it kind of like airtight. Yeah. You just that's like really good. pushed all the air out of it basically and then like sealed it. So that's like really great. Wow. I think okay, these are like flying colors. We love flying these. colors. Flying and colors. I have to say, I am so into buying things that are manufactured in the US because Same. I feel like we're all, like everyone's like, job crisis, job crisis. So like, why not buy something yeah. that's made here that helps put, give people jobs? Put your money where your mouth is instead of buying everything from China and on Amazon and then being like, we don't have any jobs here. No one wants to manufacture in America. Why don't you actually buy shit? I'm obsessed. What the fuck is up? That's what the fuck is up. Okay, is what's anyway, up. I'm like <laughs> heated now. Um, no, these, I'm really impressed with these. Ah, uh, me. And they're not, Mother Earth. they're also not like too much. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like you were sending me some that were like all beautiful and like this whole thing. It's like, no, it really is a thing that's going to get like used and abused. Wait a minute. I'm reading the bottom of the package uh -oh. now and it says manufactured uh -oh. for me, Mother Earth in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh-oh. Responsibly made in China. Uh-oh. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? Uh-oh. Tell me that's not kind of misleading. Okay, this is misleading. You're very, very correct. That's a stone cold bummer. Okay, take back everything we just said. Well, not everything. Not everything, <laughs> but I mean like the Ameri like buying American yeah. part is like not that That's seems, a little sus. Now that's a that's a no. Yeah. That's a big mark off. I actually really don't like misleading information. Because that is literally written to make you believe that it was not it was not made in China. Yeah. So that's upsetting. But I'm still in but love with them and it's I'm gonna still keep a them good and reuse them it's all still the time. A, no, it's still a good product. You still I mean, yes. how many things have you bought that are made in China? A million. So let's not act like this is like no, the exactly. first time. But also that I don't like that. I don't like that. And I think this is a good lesson for us is like it looks like it's made and their whole little fucking story about we are just a couple in Las Vegas, blah, blah, blah. That like, we want to make sure. And it's like, yeah, that's great. However, you're these like, you have no idea if it's actually being responsibly made in China. Cause it's literally on I the mean, other side of the world. We are definitely going to be investigating them on social media and their website to see what we can find out about this quote unquote responsible production. And, I do believe that responsible production is possible. I just don't understand what that means. And I do and feel like not, the way it was written yeah, was misleading. Absolutely. Mm. That's a, wow. We really took a hit on this one. Yeah. Oh, it's sort of like, like when you start like dating someone and you're really excited. And then, and you're, then like, they, you're a piece of garbage. Right. And then they're like, yeah. they make like a really racist joke or something. And, and you're, you're like, like, Ooh, that wasn't <laughs> even a little bit funny. Yeah, <laughs> no. K 
can't bring that around and my you're mom. Like, Ouchie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all right. That well, was they lost a couple points. They got there. a lot of points off for being dishonest, but misleading. It's it's honest. It's written right there, yeah, you're but right. it is misleading. It's misleading. Um, but we still kind however, of However, there it. are many there are many other versions of this as well. Right. So like this is just the one that we have. Right. So you could investigate something that maybe is responsibly made in the USA or that just says made in China straight up on it. Or we could and share, share it, it in the comments below. Um I think the other thing that's really good about these is that what is really good about these? They're blue. Um, they're also like you can just kind of ball these up and like throw them wherever. Yes. Like it doesn't really gonna take not, up that much space. Not gonna take a lot of space in your cupboard. And definitely the kind of thing that you're just like gonna use literally every, every day. day. I have like those ones that are like the food saver little like like they're just different rings. They're almost like kind of the same thing, but it's just little silicone rings to put mm-hmm. like on half an of an apple. onion yeah. in there. And it's like, I've, we've, we use them every single day. Yeah. And so this, I feel like would be the exact same thing. What I also like is sometimes I can't find the lid to my Tupperware. Yes. I was just about to say this replaces Tupperware as well. 100%. Because you literally just use your actual bowls as the bottom of the Tupperware. And then this is the lid that like can be anything. Now every dish is a Tupperware. However, once you use one size, you then, that size is gone. Right. That's one thing I will say is that you might need to buy a couple of these if you're going to use them like that. Right, right, right. However, yeah, you then no longer need to buy a lot of Tupperware because you're then like, you're using your actual bowls as a Tupperware container. So now that we've sussed all of this out and we like kind of love it, but we also feel like we were kind of led astray. Yeah, we were absolutely like conned. Like Vicky. So, oh my God. Um, do we think this is sustainable? I do, as from me, on my end, 100% sustainable. I think it solves, it replaces many things. Like, not only does it replace tinfoil, cling wrap, all those things, it also could it potentially replace Tupperware. It right. could replace, like, any kind of... Um, disposable like, yeah like lid kind of situation yes, yes any of those and things. the material that it's made out of although we think the production might be sus could be suspect is still a more sustainable better material for you to have on or near your food than plastic than like plastic wrap so i still feel really good about this i still think that this is a more sustainable option than your everyday plastic wrap and then many of your Tupperware options. Yeah. The one thing I don't like about silicone stuff is like as soon as a little bit of something gets on it, it's like it's like there's crumbs everywhere. Yes, Even from is, just being on the table, sticky. it's like gross already. And well, I'm like, I need to wash this. But that's just that's the that's just the material. And and that's, that's the plight of, of a sustainable yeah, lifestyle. That's just like not that has nothing to do with this actual product. It's just a silicone in general. Um but no I think it's an A plus as far as that goes, other than it, morally it's a C C minus. I mean, yeah, morally it gets like a C for me. It's like average, but I do feel like... We were conned. Yeah, I feel like misleading, like anything that's like misleading like that, like I'm very into transparency, right? So I will tell you straight out, everything I make is made out of super unsustainable materials, but someone's going to throw them out. So what I'm trying to do is stop them from going to landfills, right? I'm not claiming that like, this shirt's going to be hemp, you know, or like yeah, you can no. compost it, like which is like not what you create right? like at all. Right. And I'm, yeah. I'm very upfront about that. So what I would like to see 
for something like this is made here, made with this, made, you know, not like, what did, let me it says made responsibly or something. Manufactured for me, Mother Earth in Las Vegas, Nevada, responsibly made in China. What the fuck does that mean? It's misleading. On pur- purposefully. Can I curse? Yes. Oh, because it's really late for me to be asking. What the fuck does that mean? No, it's bad. That's bad. We don't like that. However, we enjoy the product. Yeah, the product's really good. Um, so I think it's an imp- it's approved, but I think there's probably nine other versions of this that we could get that are made in America. So this is, is sustainable. sustainable. Okay, so minus us all being Vicky Gunvalson being conned by this company saying that they, you know, just we were fooled, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah. They were shady. It was us. We still kind of love their product. We also didn't do our research also. So it is. it does fall on us a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, when someone says responsibly made, it's like, what does that mean? But Yeah, what does that mean at all? This has been a responsibly recorded episode of This Is Not Sustainable. It sure has. Until next time. Thanks for chatting with me, Chris. Bye. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer or a product you'd like us to review? Send us an email at notsustainablepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a comment or send us a DM at This Is Not Sustainable on TikTok or This Is Not Sustainable Pod on Instagram. This podcast is produced by me, Zero Waste Daniel. And me, Chris DeRosa. Artwork was done by me. Editing was done by me. And if you couldn't tell, we literally did this all on our own. Special thanks to Mario and Hassan for allowing us to turn our living rooms into recording studios. And thank you to all of our guests for their unfiltered honesty as it pertains to sustainability. Until next time. 